Welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour, and we do love happy hour and the clinking of glasses and cheers to all you fabulous women who are fully living your lives at every age and every stage. And here's the best news, every hour is happy hour. So whether you clink cheers with your coffee mug or your afternoon cappuccino, remember as the song says, it's five o'clock somewhere. Join us for some grown-up fun, interesting and stimulating conversations that will motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh. And for more grown-up fun, visit our website, The Three Tomatoes, and the three is spelled out, and sign up for our newsletters. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the episode. I'm Cheryl Benton, your happy hour host today, and we have a great guest who will motivate us to get out from behind our computers and off that couch and regain our vitality. If you feel like you're losing your youthful edge, you're in good company. At the age of 60, Jackie Kennedy sought Joan Pagano's help in a training program because she felt she was losing her youthful edge. Well, for more than three decades, exercise guru Joan Pagano, who's also the owner of Joan Pagano Fitness in New York City, has been on a mission to integrate physical fitness into her clients' routines so that they can achieve a healthy, active, and productive life. She's the author of best-selling fitness books, including Strength Training for Women, and she's a longtime contributor to The Three Tomatoes. So, Joan, I'm so happy you're here with us today. Thanks so much for having me. It's absolutely my pleasure. And, you know, we're into the first week of February, so I think this is such a good time for us to be talking to you because I know there are a lot of listeners out there, and I'm raising my hand right now as one of these, who had great um, intentions in January to get healthier and exercise, and some of us are now finding that we're slipping back into our old routines. So help us. How do we how do we not give up at this point? Because it's so easy to do at this stage in the year. First of all, if you have backslid a little bit from your New Year's resolutions, don't beat yourself up. Start a new day. It's a new month, February. It's a great time to start. Any Monday is a great time to start. Any day that you pick is a great time to start. So don't beat yourself up if you didn't make the goals that you set for yourself. My my perspective is that we need to make exercise convenient, easy, accessible, and manageable in our lifestyle. So you have to pick things that, that really will work for you. It's different for everybody. Everybody has a different schedule. Everybody has different physical needs. Everybody has different levels of motivation. And you have to find what will work for you. Well, that, that is such really great advice. And I think, I do think when it comes to a lot of us with our resolutions, whether it's about exercise or health or whatever, sometimes we get a little over ambitious, (laughs) you know, and we have this long list of, you know, I'm going to work out every single day and I'm going to meditate every day. And then in between all that, I'm going to write a book. And, you know, we have this, we put these impossible uh, kinds of expectations on ourselves. Do you think that, do you agree? Do you think that's part of the reasons why we might, you know, slip off and then kind of just say, oh, I can't do this? Yes, absolutely. Not only are the goals too lofty and therefore the fall is so hard when you don't, you know, match your goals, but 
it doesn't make sense. You can actually get hurt. There are people who have like start off with a bang and they go into the gym and they're full tilt ahead and they injure themselves. So yes. that, that really doesn't make sense. Part of my philosophy is that there is a continuum and I call this the cardio continuum. So when we talk about exercise, there are three aspects of a well-rounded exercise program. That's cardio, strength training, and stretching. Cardio gives us longevity. Strength training gives us quality of life. And stretching keeps us mobile and supple. But I have something that I developed called the cardio continuum. So if you haven't been doing anything, you might start by just counting steps. It's a great way to get out there and just use the app on your smartphone. You don't even need a, a fit tracker of any kind. You can just use the app that comes on the phone and see how many steps you're accumulating during the course of the day. A recent study, well, recent news, I should say, not a study, showed that the 10,000 steps a day was a bit of a lofty goal. Right, I read that. Right. It was made up by a Japanese manufacturer <laughs> who was pedaling a pedometer during the 1964 Tokyo Olympics. There was no scientific basis to 10,000 steps. So Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston did their own study of 17,000 women, average age 72, to see how many steps were really beneficial to their health. Mm -hmm. And what they found is that at 4,400 steps per day, your risk of mortality starts to decline. And at 7,500 steps per day, you, um, your risk of mortality is the lowest, after which you get diminishing returns. So you want to look at 4,400 to 7,500 steps a day. You know, that is great news for all of us, really, because we all bought into that 10,000 steps a day. And, you know, we're walking around with our trackers. And I know I've had so many days where I've been sitting behind my computer too much, but I feel like such a slouch. I'm like, oh, you know, oh my gosh, I didn't hit that 10,000 goal and what's wrong. And I, it's just, I love hearing that news because it, you know, that 10,000 steps, sometimes if you don't hit them, it's almost demotivating. But 4,000 steps, most of us actually, you know, can get to, and many of us just manage every day without even thinking about it. And what you're saying is if we just reach a little bit more, we will have already gotten in what we need for, you know, a healthy day of, uh, of, of exercise. So that is great news. So I thank you for sharing that with everyone. Sure. Start with steps and then you could move to a walking program. This is part of moving on to my cardio continuum, moving down the line. Then you could start with your walking. Now the government guidelines say that we need to accumulate and that's accumulate at least 30 minutes of moderate level cardio activity most days of the week. That is the bare minimum for reducing your risk of developing a chronic disease. So 30 minutes, you could break it up into two sessions of 15 or three sessions of, of 10 minutes a day, but you have to accumulate that 30 minutes of moderate level and walking is considered moderate level. It's a very healthful activity, but if you really want to benefit, you have to move it up a little bit and do brisk walking. So brisk walking, even intervals of brisk walking interspersed into your 
30 minutes of continuous pace walking. Start doing a few faster paced intervals and you'll benefit even more. And then of course, at the other end of the spectrum, if you wanna do jogging or running or interval training, it's, it's really an individual call. How far you wanna go on the continuum. So start with steps, move to walking, move to brisk walking, and definitely incorporate some kind of interval training. It's, it's a buzzword of the last year. The research was focused on how much more beneficial it is to all the physiological systems to do interval training. Well, that's great. And I know you were, you were starting to outline your program. And I know these are also pieces that you've incorporated into something new that you're doing. And um, so I want to get to talking about vitality, because I think that's such um, a great word and such an important topic for today. I mean, we all want vitality. And, and to me, that does mean youthful. But what does, how would you define vitality as an, as an exercise person? You know, I go, I go back to the original definition of physical fitness that was created by the President's Council on Physical Fitness probably in, 19, in the 1960s. I don't remember it exactly, but it's something about being able to do all of the activities in your day-to-day -day without undue fatigue and with enough energy to enjoy leisure time pursuits. In other words, you don't want to be be so exercise focused that you wear yourself out, but you want to be able to manage your day-to-day -day with a young functional age, meaning you can get through your day with energy. You're energized. You can get through your day with energy and have enough, enough pep left over at the end of the day that you don't collapse on the couch, but you could go out if you, if you wanted to. Well, that is so important. And that certainly as, as we all start to get older, that's so important to all of us and not running out of energy and feeling like we're, you know, we wake up worn out and we go to bed worn out. So, <laughs> True. Um, True. you know, and we're all running around in a million different directions. And, you know, I can't tell you how often, you know, I'm on the phone with someone, they're just, oh, I'm so tired, I'm so exhausted, you know, and it's like a lot of it is our crazy, hectic life, but life, but to your point, if we incorporate, uh, you know, more exercise into our lives, I'm, I think that helps. So I love that definition of vitality, and I think it's so important, and I know that right now you're actually doing an online course uh, that people all over the country can, can come and take, and You've actually outlined four key areas as key to vitality. And I know the first one was your cardio uh, continuum. What are the other uh, pieces of that? Right. The first one was add years to your life with cardio. The second one was stay active with strength training. The third session was stay supple with stretching. And the fourth one, which will be next week, uh, live on Zoom, although all of these will be cataloged on the vitality society.com website. The last one is flex your mental muscle with exercise. So yeah. And I want to get back to that, to that one, because I know you're doing a lot of work. And so let's hold off on that one for a little bit, but let's go back. We talked about the cardio. Let's talk about the importance of strength training, which I think a lot of women kind of skip over that part. It's probably the most mystical part of the well-rounded 
exercise program because people don't know how to approach it. And my, my method starts with four easy body weight exercises that you can do anytime, any place, no equipment required. And they are some variation of a squat, and that could be a wall slide, it could be a sit to stand squat where you get up from a seated position before you move on to a regular squat, a stand to sit squat. So squats work, if I were to give you one exercise for life, it would be a squat. It is the most functional move that we need mm. to get up from a seated position, up from a toilet, up from a bathtub. You don't wanna be crawling out of a couch using your upper body You know, when you're 50 years old. You're too young to be doing that. You need to be able to use the strength in your glutes, your quads, and your hamstrings. So a well, squat, Oh, go ahead. I was going to go ahead. I don't want to interrupt. Go ahead. That, that, those major yeah. muscles of the lower body are what point are going to enable you to get up from a seated position without using your arms. Well, it's funny. I don't know if you watch Grace and Frankie, which I'm a huge fan of, and it's with Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. Do you happen to watch that at all? I've, I've heard it's great. No, I haven't. And, and it is because I think they do such a great job with talking about, you know, aging but they do it in a way that's you know adds humor but also a lot of truth but this episode this season there happens to be a whole thing around Jane Fonda has trouble getting herself up from the couch and she literally at times you'll see her getting down on her knees to get up and she has trouble getting off the toilet and there's a hysterical scene with that where she actually has to call Frankie to come help her and uh, but it's it's done in a very funny way. But to your point, it also hits home with a lot of people when they see that, and that's so true. So. Oh, I've got to find that one. I'm going to use. Yes, you'll I'm love it. Use that in my program. You will. That's it's great. It's it's, per, it's perfect. So squat, ladies, squat. Squats, <laughs> and then the other three of the uh, what we call the functional four exercises for life are push-ups. And again, you can do some variation. One is against the wall, which is the lightest form then you could go to a kitchen counter and do a diagonal push-up where you're shifting more body weight to your upper body before you get down on the floor and do a half push-up from the knees or a full military push-up. But a push-up works three major muscle groups of the upper body, the chest, the shoulder, and the tricep in the back of the arm. So again, a very efficient move. Between squats and push-ups, you're targeting six major muscle groups of your body. And I am crazy about kitchen counter push-ups because they are so easy to do. They're effective. You don't have to change your clothes. You don't have to get down to the floor. And you can do them in the small moments of the day when you're in your kitchen waiting for your toast or your tea kettle or your pasta water to boil. So kitchen counter push-ups. So squats, push-ups, and then some form of a back extension, which is a back bend because we all tend to start rounding forward with age because all our daily habits are, are performed to the front. So gradually the upper back rounds, the shoulders become hunched, the head slides forward of the shoulder. And if you do a nice little back bend and there are different kinds, again, supported back bends or unsupported uh, standing or on the floor, then that sort of starts to reverse that forward slouch. And finally, for core stability, we need some sort of abdominal hollowing where my favorite exercise is when I tell people to zip up as if you're zipping up a tight pair of jeans because almost every woman I know has the experience 
of trying to zip up a tight pair of jeans. Right. So when you pull your abdomen, your navel back towards your spine and then lift up from the pelvic floor, it's like zipping up your abs and that muscle is right below what would be the zipper of your tight jeans. And that muscle, the transverse abdominus, supports the low back, suppresses the abdominal contents, meaning flattens the belly and narrows the waist. So it act, waist, it acts like a corset. So zip up those abs. Everybody zip up those abs. Well, that's great. And I also, and I love that tip too about, you know, doing, uh, finding a way to do a back bend because I think a lot of us just assume that getting round shouldered and hunched over is just a normal part of aging. And it, I, what I hear you saying is no, and it doesn't have to be and you can do something about it, right? You have to learn to use your muscles consciously. So you need to learn to stabilize your shoulder blades down and together. There's a simple exercise called W's where your arms are at shoulder level, kind of in a goal post position, right angle at the elbow palms facing forward. And you pull your shoulder blades down and together. As you do that, your elbows drop and form a W. And so many women have told me when they've, when I've demonstrated this at a presentation, that they do that exercise. And I find myself doing it even on a street corner, not, not with adding the arms, but just with pulling the shoulder blades down and together. It's so important to stabilize them. So you have to learn to use your muscles consciously. And that's a great tip. And that's something, you know, as you said, we can do all throughout the day. And that's one of the things, everyone listening, that I really love about Joan's advice is that when you always give us very simple, practical things that we can do, and you also have great little videos and they're on our website and your website, and I know you post them on all your social media too, where you show these simple little things we can do, uh, do throughout the day, you know, with like the push-ups at your kitchen counter and, and some of your uh, videos for balancing too. I know you have a great suggestion that um, as you're brushing your teeth, you know, stand on one foot, which is, a, I do that all the time now since you posted oh, that video. Great. Oh, I which, love that. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I love, I love your, your simple things we can do. And I love the, the videos that you have out there too, because they really, um, they make it a lot easier for us to actually, you know, go through and, and get these things done. It's, so, about, it's about incorporating more movement into your day-to-day -day easily. Right. Easily. I'm all about ease and convenience, all about it. I, we need to make it so that we can eat and exercise every day so that we can repeat doing it tomorrow. That's a great thought. <laughs> so now I think we're up to the third area, which is um, stretching, right? Yes. So stretching has a lot to do with posture too. And one of the things I start with is just an abdominal breath where you breathe the air up. As you draw your breath in, you let it flow up through the abdomen, through the rib cage, into the chest, filling the lungs with air. And then you empty from the chest down, down through the rib cage, and then pull your um, abs tight to help expel the air. So I call this a growing exercise. If you just, in a seated position, let's say I'm seated at my desk, which I happen to be on a stability ball at my desk, but anyway, I'm sitting up as tall as I can, taking a breath in and thinking of elongating the spine, 
and separating the ribs from the hips. And then there are a number of stretches that you can do at your desk, again, to reverse that forward posture, which occurs when the muscles of the chest and the shoulders become short and tight, and the muscles across the mid-back become longer and weaker. And this is a natural imbalance that occurs. The way to correct the imbalance is to strengthen the muscles of the mid-back and stretch the muscles of the chest and the front of the shoulders. So doing those back bends uh, or growing exercises is a really nice way to st straighten up in the upper body. And of course you need to stretch the large muscles of the legs because if they become tight, you're going to walk with less fluidity. Your movements become mm -hmm. shorter, like more stuttered gait. As you see older people, that's happening to older people, their muscles are tight and stiff, especially with arthritis, which actually is a, a condition that affects probably most of us. And you need to keep rain, what we call range of motion, which is the range of, um, range of the mobility around a joint. So that would be like a limbering exercise where you would do repetitions of things for your head, neck, and shoulders, or your hands. That's one type of flexibility. The other type of flexibility is to stretch the muscles that cross the joint. So those stretches we hold for a period of like 10 to 20 seconds. So there are two types of flexibility exercises that we need to do, range of motion and stretching. And there are a lot, there's a lot of, you know, like I, like many people, I obviously spend a lot of time at my desk behind a computer, but there's a lot of um, things, a lot of stretching we can actually do when we're sitting at our desk too, aren't there? Can you absolutely a couple of those? Sure, absolutely. So one is that supported back bend. You take, take your, make your hands into two fists and place them right in the small of your back at your waist and then take a nice breath in. And as you exhale, lift the chest, lift the rib cage, and pull the elbows towards each other. And you lift your eyes to the ceiling without dropping your head back. And you'll feel a stretch across the chest and the front of the shoulders. And then release. It's just a great way to re-energize absolutely after you've been sitting at your desk. Well, I'm doing, I'm doing it right now, and it's helping. <laughs> do it, do it, Cheryl. Do I it. am, I am. It um, really helps. There's, there are quite a few upper body stretches that you can do in a very quick series. Um, I don't know if I can describe them all very efficiently on the, uh, on, on the recording, but if you look at my book, Strength Training Exercises for Women, you will find them in that book or you will see them in my little video clips that I do, as you mentioned, on my yes. social media or yeah. on my website. And I know you have some great ones for the neck, too, because obviously if we're sitting looking down at our computer for a lot of time during the day, those neck stretches really, really help. Right. Yeah. Reverse that forward slouch and exactly. reach the head so the ear is over the shoulder, the shoulder, the shoulder blades are stabilized in the back. Again, some of this is really just awareness. It's like you learn to use those muscles and yes. then you need to, to focus on them. You know, you need to be aware of exactly. 
Right. And so many of these that you've just talked about are simple little things we can just do as we're going through our day. It's, you know, if we think about it. So I love that. So we've talked about the cardio. We've talked about the strength training. We've talked about the importance of stretching. And then the last area, which I, I want to spend um, the last few minutes of our time in this because I think it's so important and it's so fascinating, is all about uh, flexing your mental muscles with exercise. And I know that you're doing a lot of work these days around exercise and Alzheimer's. And let's talk about that because that's something that so many of us have a major fear of. And I know there's a lot of new research out there too that you've, uh, you've been talking about. So tell us what you've learned in that area and the relationship. It's so exciting. There is so much research coming out about the transformative effects of exercise on the brain. I'm about halfway through taking a brain health trainer certification course, which is so in-depth. I feel like I'm in pre-med taking this course. Wow. But it's, where, where to begin? Um, the fact is that, that cardio fitness provides the foundation for cognitive function and brain health. And cardio fitness is the most explored aspect of exercise because it grew out of the aerobic craze of the 1970s, Kenneth Cooper's um, Cooper Institute. And we know that cardio improves the heart and the lungs to make us more efficient, make, make the system more efficient so that we live with more vitality. But now we see how important it also is for the brain. So one thing is that you need to get your cardio. If you haven't been doing anything, think about that 30 minutes of cardio at least five days of the week that the government guidelines recommend for us. But there's more than that now because we see that it's not only cardio. And my, my little um, moniker for this is cardio plus because we need to be doing other kinds of training too. And we've already touched on some of it. We need to be doing balanced training we need to be doing neuromuscular training like coordination, eye-hand coordination, and actually strength training. The first gains in a strength training program are neuromuscular as the brain is creating new pathways with the muscles. So you are, when you learn strength training, your first gains are neuromuscular. And then the stimulus to the neuromuscular system helps you speed up your reaction time. You develop quicker reaction time so you're able to recover from a stumble or change direction or break a fall, which is something else that we're very yes. concerned about as we're getting older. Yep. So you need to be doing that eye-hand coordination, coordinative exercise where you're doing two things at once, like walking and talking. And mm -hmm. I thought, well, that's kind of a no-brainer. How many of us walk and chat at the same time? And then I started thinking, about all the people on their cell phones or you know, devices with their earbuds in, how they're so focused on whatever cognitive function is going on that their attentional resources to how they're walking are, are terrible. So that's why they're walking into us and, and tripping us and walking across us because they can't really do two things at once. And so coordinative training is doing two things at once. Um, we're, we're moving towards, in the brain health area, we're moving towards something called open skills, as opposed to always doing the same stable routine, predictable, stable routine. 
we're going more towards what's called open skills, which are more like sports, martial arts, and dance, where you might have opponents and you certainly have more, more um, uh, demand on your attentional resources when you're playing a sport or doing martial arts or dance. So we wanna take people away from doing just the same old, same old predictable routine. And I'm working with my 88 year old client whom I was training in a predictable routine. She can hold, she's very fit. She can hold a full body plank for one minute. Wow, that's, that's at 88, wow. So I was always giving her the plank because I, I don't want her to lose that. But then I discovered that doing kneeling opposite arm and leg lifts, which is another classic exercise for the core and the spine, was very challenging to her. So we started doing that. We started doing interval training on the treadmill. I started tossing a ball to her. I started giving her sequences to remember because she's having memory issues. So I'm giving her sequences. Today she told me in our training program, that's too many things to remember. And I go, that's why you're doing them. Right. <laughs> so it, just interesting, it's changing my whole way of training and thinking about cardio, strength training and stretching, how each one of those things has a benefit for a brain benefit. And we need to kind of reposition the, the classics, the classics remain the same. Cardio, strength training, and stretching. Almost every condition requires you to do all three it, at different levels of intensity, depending on whether you have arthritis, osteoporosis, diabetes, COPD, no matter what you've got, you're gonna be doing some of, of each of those things and it will be modified to meet your level of ability. So, but now we know, okay, but now we can add more of this cardio plus in, and we've got to do the gait training and the balance training and, and the sequencing and the coordinative training, two things at once. And it's fun. It's, it's more fun. <laughs> well, I think this is such a fascinating area and this research is so important and uh, the connections between our brain and and exercise and everything that you've just talked about are um, are really encouraging and really fascinating and it really kind of answers what was going to kind of be my last question was like you know the lies that we tell ourselves about not getting exercise like you know i don't have enough time i don't want to go to the gym i'll start tomorrow I'll exercise later. You know, those are those all those self-defeating things that we say to ourselves. But I think everything we've heard you say today and everything I took in is we need to get rid of those things we're telling ourselves and really focus on all the positive outcomes that will come from this so that we will be uh, vital, healthy women, hopefully well into our 80s and hopefully into our 90s because we're all living longer. So I can't thank you enough, Joan, for, for all of this. And we never have enough time to talk to you. So we're going to have to, we're going to have to do this again. Thank you. Um, thank so, you for yeah. And Can I just add one thing about absolutely. the lies that we tell it? Every day, every day that you do not exercise, you are shortchanging the other end of your life. And now that we are, most of us, starting to see, like, how do you want to be in 10 years? How do you want to be in 20 years? I mean, that's your choice, but it starts now. 
and it doesn't have to be a lot. It has to be a little, and it has to be consistent. Wow, that is a powerful statement, and I'm writing that down. <laughs> and I'm gonna post it here, and I'm gonna make sure we post that out to all tomatoes out there. So thank you again. Uh, as I said, I, I love, you know, people can find your post at our website and your videos and at your website, which is joanpaganofitness.com. They can learn so much more about what you're doing, sign up for your online courses, uh, get your books there, watch the videos. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you. And um, here's to Vitality. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Cheryl.